All right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness. We thank the Lord for his mercy. God is good all the time. We just, there really isn't enough that we can actually say about the Lord. If we just really got down to really describing how good God is on a daily basis, God is not like us. He's very consistent. He, there's no time where he drops the ball. So his goodness keeps going and going and going. And if we were to take inventory and really just tell it all, or at least attempt to tell it all, I suspect we'd probably be here all day because there really just isn't enough that we could say about God. In fact, we, we, it'd be more than just being here all day. We'd probably be here forever. God is just that wonderful and he's that awesome. And even though it would take forever for us to probably try to tell it all, you know what? God is so good that, and God is so worthy that he is, that, that we might not have forever, at least right now in order to, to tell it all. But you know what? We can certainly say something. We can say what's on our heart and what's on our mind at the time and that, um, <clears throat> that we're remembering in the moment about God's goodness, how he's come through. Did God do something for you this week, maybe in the last couple of weeks or months or so? Um, tell it, share it. Let somebody know. Don't let the rocks cry out for you as the scripture um, teaches us. But you know what? It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And God is worth saying something about. Brothers and sisters, we are in the word again. Again, we are, um, this time we are in a uh, Bible Matters um, lesson. Uh, again, these are our, uh, I, I call them side lessons, but they're not really side lessons. These are just the lessons that God gives us outside of the context of a um, of a lengthy series. Now, we just wrapped up uh, a series in Psalms 27 in its entirety. We did every single verse. I invite you uh, to check those out and to let the Lord minister to you. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I know I continuously go back and listen to them because God is constantly showing me new things and edifying me. And um, um, by all means, you that's what they're here for. Take a listen, see what God is, wants to tell you, okay? Amen. But now we're... Um, Having finished that, we're now moving on to other things. I don't yet know when the next um, um, series um, um, in earnest will start. Uh, I suspect that as we go through these Bible matter lessons, some of them will turn into series, perhaps even this one, um, and then we'll keep moving and we'll just be led by the Holy Ghost because that's the best way to do it. We're in the book of um, Second Chronicles. Amen. We are in Second Chronicles. We are in uh, chapter seven. We are going to be looking at verses 12 through 14. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verses 12 through 14. Now, most people um, recognize this passage of scripture or this section of scripture because a very um, often quoted scripture is Second Chronicles seven and 14. Um, <clears throat> but we're, we're, we're take, we're, we're, we'll get to that one. Um, we're going to be taking a different angle uh, on that, but we are going to, um, for the purpose of this, we're going to start at verse number 12. And the word of God reads as follows. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Amen. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among 
my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. May the Lord as always have a blessing to the reading, the hearing and doing of his word. And we say it, I've said it in the past. I, I, I told you I'm going to keep on saying it. So here it is. Let's make good on that. The blessing is in the obedience. Amen. The blessing is in the obedience. The word of God is, is certainly something that's worth listening to and hearing. Amen. But according to scripture, you haven't totally heard unless you are obeying. Because truly hearing the word of God, according to scripture, if you search it out, it is always synonymous or tied very closely to obedience. God's opinion is as follows. If you hear his word, if you, let me put it this way, if you listen to his word, but you in turn do not obey what he tells you to do, then you have not heard. You've listened. You've gone through the motion of allowing your audio receptors to take in those signals and take in the words, but you have not heard what he's saying because true hearing in God's, in God's eyes is obedience. You just simply don't have, amen, hearing without obedience. You can have listening without obedience, but in God's eyesight, you don't have hearing. You've got to obey family. You got to obey what the word of God says. You got to stop with all of the, the, we have to stop with all of the excuses and all of the, the things where we, you know, we start putting our own logic and all that. Listen, God didn't tell you to think it through. He didn't tell me to think it through. God, listen, he already worked it out for us. This is all, this is ready made. This is ready to go. The word of God is complete and absolute and is forever settled. Amen. 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 All you got to do is follow that word. And that's all I got to do is follow that word. Now, we've read our scripture text. Okay. Um, we have taken um, the scripture that the Lord has given to us. Amen. And, um, and for those of you who are looking on the slide, it's a, um, we actually have the wrong scripture up there, but the scripture set is second Chronicles chapter seven verses 12 through 14. So I will, um, fix the slide as far as the, um, as far as the designated script scripture that is highlighted there. However, we are going to talk about second chances and fresh starts. Okay. There is no time like the present for second chances and fresh starts. Amen, amen, amen. As we go through these um, scriptures, okay, we will probably be taking a different approach. We're not, this is not going, we're not going into a, a, a deep dive into this particular um, um, scripture and really just pulling it apart. This is not a deep examination of this scripture set. But what we are doing is, is that God's given us this scripture. And from this scripture, we're going to springboard into some of the high level concepts, because really, you know what, what you need day to day, day, to day what I need day to day is I, I need the basics. I need what what's going to help right now. I need what's going. I, yes, I think I'm praise God, if it's going to help me down the road, I want that. You should want that. But Lord, I need help right now. 
Lord, I'm stuck right now. Lord, I'm in a situation right now. Lord, I need you to stop by right now. So I believe that when we take the word of God, it's wonderful to go as deep as you can go. And I pray that God takes you all the way submerged, amen, to the deepest depths in his word because it's worth exploring. But I pray that you don't go so deep that you miss all of the surface nuggets of gold and treasures that are floating right there, just ready for you to pick up and ready for you to use right then and there. I'm talking day-to-day application. Amen. Amen. So 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 12 through 14. Amen. When we look at this scripture, this is a wonderful, this is a wonderful set of scripture because when we look at this particular scripture, amen, this takes place after, glory to God, this takes place after the building of the temple. So David has, let's set the stage, David is no longer king. His son Solomon sits on the throne, amen, okay? At this time, the children of Israel, the 12 tribes are united. They are not separate kingdoms. They would eventually split and become a southern and northern kingdom. Amen. The kingdom of <clears throat> the northern kingdom would, call, would come to be known as the, the, the kingdom of Israel. Amen. And that would consist of 10 tribes. And then you would have the kingdom of Judah. That would be the southern kingdom. And that would consist of the remaining two tribes. Okay. Now, eventually that would come about. But as for where we are right now in this scripture, that hasn't happened yet. The 12 tribes are still united. There is one kingdom. Amen. And Solomon now has inherited that kingdom. He sits on the throne of his father. And at this point in history, Solomon has finished and the people have finished the work of building the kingdom. Amen. He's built his own house, but before that, he built God's house. Amen. And when we get to our scripture set here, we pick up right in the aftermath of Solomon and the children of Israel having finished the house of the Lord. And the temple was magnificent. Amen. I invite you to study the word of God and look into the construction of the temple and all that that they did. Solomon made the temple of God glorious. Amen. Simply magnificent. So much so that the 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 rebuildings of the temples that would occur, <clears throat> of the temple that would occur down the line, I don't think any of them match the splendor and the beauty of the initial temple of God. Now, remember, prior to this, God didn't, you know, there, there was no, no temple, okay? There was no fixed location. The children of Israel brought the tabernacle with God, of God with them. They brought it everywhere they went. They brought the tabernacle. And the Ark of the Covenant rested within the Holy of Holies within the tabernacle. Amen. But when we get to Solomon's time, when we get to David's time, David has a grand idea. David is so in love with God. I pray that all of us be in love with God. But David is so in love with God that David wants to take, he wants to take this, this, this tabernacle to the next level. Yes, glory to God, glory to God. He, he gets inspired to do something for the Lord. 
And I would that all of us get inspired to do something for the Lord. See, when God does something for you and you truly pay attention to what God has done, God will put a moving in your heart, a stirring in your soul, something that'll make you want to move for his name. It'll make you shout. It'll make you run. It'll make you clap. It'll make you dance. It will inspire you to take on great exploits for the Lord. See, when you're truly thankful and, and observant of what God has done for you, it's going to move you. It's going to make you want to do something. Now, here we run into the challenge a bit that when we want to do something, you know, well, you got to understand, you always going to have the adversary. The enemy don't want you to do anything. So what is he going to do? He's going to run up on you with fear tactics and all kinds of different things. Man, ignore that dude. The devil is a liar. Okay. We don't need nothing from him. We don't need to conversate with him. We don't need to entertain his voice. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I hope you hear it this morning. I hope you hear it this morning. I'm just trying to encourage you this, encourage you this morning. You know that God's done something for you and you're starting to feel a stirring that you want to do something for the Lord. Man, hey, look, do what you do for the Lord. Give God your best. Give God 120,000%. If you got more than that, give that too because God is worth it and he's worthy, okay? Enemy don't go, he does not going to want you to do that. So he's going to come up with all these kind of fear tactics and roadblocks and give you, you know, 101 reasons of why you can't. Hold on, guess what? All that you need is one reason to go forward. You know what that is? God. <laughs> God is good, brothers and sisters. He's done for you what you could not do for yourself. He's done for me what I couldn't do for me. Amen, amen. And that's why it's my honor and my pleasure to serve him. I hope you feel the same way. I hope you feel the same way. David wanted to do some great things for the Lord. Yes, he did. He wanted to do some great things for the Lord. And so David took this, this the reality of this tabernacle that they would take with them everywhere they went. And David said, you know what? Oh, man, I'm so, I want to I wanna take it to the next level. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so David decides that he wants to build a temple for the Lord. And you read the history. We in the book, we're, we're in the book. David wants to build a build the temple for the Lord. But the Lord tells David, you can't do it. He thanks David because David, he honors David because, uh, because of his desire. David was blessed because he had such a desire to do such a wonderful thing for the Lord. But the execution of that goal was not meant for David. David said, the Lord said, no, 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 no. He said, he said it's good that you want to do that. I, I'm, I'm glad that you... That 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 you want, you know, what I'm saying, I, I that you want to 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 do something so wonderful and so magnificent, and we just paraphrasing here. But David, you got too much blood on your hands. You're not gonna be the one that that builds the temple. Glory to God. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going. I feel the spirit moving right now, David. I, I'm th I'm glad that you want to do it, and I honor you. And you know what? I'm gonna bless you because you had it in your heart to do the right thing. I want to tell you something. God, the blessings of God, they don't stop at just you actually doing something for God. God has the right to bless you as soon as your heart gets right and turns toward the Lord. God will bless you before you even do anything for him. God will bless you as soon as your mind and your heart turns toward him. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to make our way to second chances and fresh starts, but we're we just getting going here. We're just getting going here. God will bless you 
when your mind get right. God will bless you when, when your heart gets right. God will bless you when your focus gets right. God will bless you when your actions begin to turn toward the Lord. Before you even get it in gear, when soon as you turn towards the Lord, God reserves the right to bless you. Amen. And David was blessed. David was blessed because he wanted to build the temple. But God said, David, no, no, your hands are full of blood. You're not going to build it, but your son Solomon is going to build it. Let me stop right there for just because there's a word in there. David, you can't do it. I, I appreciate what you want to do, but your hands are full of blood. And I want to take a moment to stop right here just to share something with somebody. The state of your hands will disqualify at times your ability to do things for the Lord. In other words, you can't live any kind of way and do any kind of thing and still be able to do certain things for the Lord. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. David wanted to build the temple, but his hands were full of blood. David had walked in sin and the pronouncement had been given that the sword will never depart from your house. David had troubles going on and David wanted to do this with his whole heart for the Lord. But because of sinful behavior, there were some things that were off limits. I want to tell somebody today that holiness matters. I'm going to say it again. Holiness matters. Sanctification matters. There are some things that God is, listen, God would allow you to do, but because you, there's no holiness, there's no separation, you are disqualified from doing certain things. And I want to ask you to examine yourself today. Are you walking upright before the Lord? Are we walking in holiness? When we walk in holiness, that means there's no variance. There's no shadow. That means there's no, there's no, no error. Amen. It's not tainted. It's pure. It's undefiled. It's clean. That's literally what we're talking about for something to be holy. In order for that state to be achieved, the state of holiness, there must be separation. And in separation, we're talking about sanctification. When we live a life that is sanctified, it means we live a life that is separated from the sin and the wickedness that God has saved us from. And we are now dedicated, living a life that is dedicated to the purpose of God Almighty. Are you walking? in sanctification because if you walk if you separate yourself distance yourself from the things that are not right the things that are wrong you can't help but be holy you're going to listen you're going to be holy all day long if you walk in sanctification The word of God says, touch not the unclean thing. There are some things that you're going to want to do for the Lord, but it requires 
holiness and degree, a level of holiness. Holiness is a state, but it is also a journey as well. Amen. We're declared that and we are made holy through obedience to the word of God, but yet we're also walking on this journey. And we are, as the scripture tells us in Philippians, we're working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. No, that doesn't mean we're working to be saved. That just simply means that we're working on being consistent with staying away from those things that God has saved us from. In other words, we're not turning back and going back to the things that God has delivered us from. We're, not, we're just not doing that. So holiness is, 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 a, is a state, but it's also a journey. It is an end state, but it is also a journey. And as you walk with the Lord, you and I ought to be, ought to be um, walking through a process where we are becoming more and more holy. Why? Because we're becoming more and more like him. We're both declared holy, but at the same time, we're on a journey to become holy. There are some things that you are not going to be able to do until you get to a certain point on the journey of holiness. It just ain't going to happen. Some things that you want to be able to do got require a specific level of sanctification or being separate, separated from the world. Some of us can't do certain things because we still have some strong attachments to some things, ideologies and mindset, concepts and ways of the world. But you can't have God's way and your way. It doesn't work that way. I can't have God's way and my way. David wanted to build that house, but God said, no, 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 you can't do that. Your hands are dirty. And I want to tell somebody, listen. You got to have clean hands. And you got to have a clean heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. Clean hands and a clean heart. These things are necessary. David wasn't able to build it, but because he was disqualified, because of actions that he took. Listen, God is no respecter of persons, but he demands holiness. He demands separation. He demands that you love him more than you love the world. It's required. And I'm sorry, there are just some things that you are not going to be able to do until you get your holiness in gear. The Lord said, be holy for, for <laughs> he is holy. Holiness is not optional. It is the gold star standard. It is the rule. You and I are commanded to be holy. You and I are commanded to walk that journey. David wanted to build that temple. God said, no, no, you're not going to be able to do that. Your, your hands are unclean. You can't do that. But your son will. I want to segue right here into something else. 
Be careful what you pour into your children. Because in God's eyes and God's kingdom, our children will carry on. You train them right. Bible says, train them right. Train them in the way that they should go. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, what? He will not depart. There are some dreams and some goals and some aspirations that will live on through your offspring. This is the way of things. This is God's way. Some dreams you may not realize. But if you pour the word of God into your children, those good goals and dreams that you couldn't do, if you pour it into your children, you give them everything that God's given you and then some. You train them up in that admonition of the Lord. Yeah, there might be some goals that have not yet been realized, some dreams that I haven't gotten to, some rivers that I haven't been able to cross. But train up those children in the Lord. And through them, God will tackle the dreams, the good dreams and goals that you couldn't get to. Amen. 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 Teach your children to love God. Instruct your children to reverence him. Teach them the respect of God, of the house of God, the presence of God. Don't fill all their time with the things that don't matter. Don't let them get all lost in social media and all of the distractions of the world, the video games and everything. Don't do that. Be careful of the foundation that you lay in your children. Because in God's kingdom, they will carry on when you stop. They will bring forward the dreams and goals and aspirations that are holy and are good when you have run out of steam, when your time is over. Glory to God. No, David, you can't do it, but Solomon will. Some things I got to per that, 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 that you've, some choices you made, David, they disqualified you. You're not going to be able to do it. But David, that's a wonderful dream. <laughs> Glory to God. And I want you to know the dream's going to live on. But it's going to live on through your son. Be careful, family, how you deal with the children. 
Train them up in the way of God. It's not about giving them all the things and creature comforts and whatever else this world has. And it's a lot of stuff out there. It's not about being able to spend oodles and oodles of money and all of these different things. Now, listen. Your children can have all the finest things and all the best things provided for them in this world. But if their soul is bankrupt, they are going to hell. I'm putting it right there, right where you can see it. If your children do not have Jesus, they are simply not going to make it. The best thing a parent can give a child is knowledge of the most high. That is the calling of the parent to introduce the next generation to God Almighty. How long are you gonna keep giving your children the latest gear and the and, and, and the latest technology all the while their souls and their life are morally bankrupt? How long are you gonna keep doing that? How long are you going to watch your children go down the drain because you won't talk about Jesus and you won't live Jesus before them, but instead you're saying they got to choose it on their own and they'll have to figure it out just as you have to figure it out. That is not the way of God. Parents are supposed to pass on the knowledge of God. That is a corrupted world philosophy that says, you know what? They got to just figure it out. on Yeah, on a certain level, yes, they will have to individually accept the Lord. But you are responsible for making sure that the choice of the Lord is as attractive as it should be because you should be modeling a life that is separated, that is dedicated, that is going 100% with God, no matter what, before your children, giving them and arming them with every advantage in the spirit that they possibly could have. Because if you can't live it, how are you going to convince them to live it? If you won't obey it, how are you going to convince them to be obedient? How long are you going to keep sending your kids to church instead of taking your kids to church? How long is this foolishness going to go on? Until the devil get a hold of them, until the world gets all of their attention, you got to stop right where you are and turn back now. Yeah, maybe you didn't get it done before, and maybe you were quiet on the Lord before among your children, but there's no present like right now. I told you the title of this message is Second Chances and Fresh Starts. You can start right now with your children in the name of Jesus. You can begin to do. I don't care if your children are grown and gone. There is no time like the present. There's no better time than right now to, to tell them about Jesus. It's not his will that any should perish. You got to remember that. 
Oh, you might feel like the battle is lost, like you've gone too far, like you just don't have their ear anymore. But if you start living right before them and you just start talking it, I'll, listen, it, the, the, I'm trying to tell you something. See, the hypocrite is the one that talks it and won't live it. Now, if you are talking it, but you ain't living it, then they're going to see you as a hypocrite. But if you have the word of God present and accounted for in your heart, that not just resident, but you are now actually trying to live it in the name of Jesus, you watch what God will do. God can give you back influence with your children. How do I get the influence? back when I have lost it. Holiness is how you get it back. Holiness is how you get back. Holiness is how you reverse course. You got to live this word. You can't just talk it. You got to live it. You got to live it. You got to live it. Through the heartache and pain, you got to live it. When people are ridiculing, when they are talking about you, when they have disbelief in you, you got to know that God has changed you. He that has begun a good work will complete it. You got to keep living it. Give it all you got. Give it all you got. Don't give up. Don't give up and don't you give in. Give it all you got. See, we serve a God that all you got to do is bring just two fish and five loaves of bread and watch God breathe on it. That's the kind of God we serve. Man, I'm telling you, God is good. And he's able. He's able. He's able, family. He's able. He's able. I don't care what country you live in. I don't care what's going on. Turn your heart to God. And watch what he do. He's going to turn towards you. Glory to God. Glory to God. David, you can't do it. But Solomon, the dream's going to live on. You know, you got to understand, see, I, I, this, this, there's some dreams that I haven't gotten there yet. And I might not get there. But I just believe that in the name of Jesus, that what are mountains that I didn't climb, Things that I didn't conquer, valleys that I didn't get through because God called my number and I didn't have enough time. I got to believe that my God is going to take the hand of my children and he's going to walk them through and they're going to conquer the mountains that I couldn't conquer. They're going to go through the valleys that I couldn't make it through. They are going to make it to the other side. But heaven forbid, if while on this side, I don't give them the paddle that they need to keep right on rolling through the hard times, through the storms, through the rains, through the setbacks. I'm talking about the God that gives second chances and fresh starts. I got to give them Jesus while I can. I got to talk the word. I got to live the word. I got to give them everything that God gave me and then some. You got to do the same. You got to do the same. I'm talking about fresh starts and second chances. Glory to God. David, you can't do it. But Solomon, 
The dream's going to live on. The mountain's going to be conquered. Glory to God. It ain't over. And I'm so glad that dreams, they don't stop with me. But when there's holiness, but when God is in the middle of it, when it's for God's glory, God will take what you can't do. He'll put a stern in somebody else. They'll pick up the mantle. They'll keep going in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. 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 David, you can't do it. Thank you. David, I appreciate you. And I'm going to bless you because you had a heart to do it. But there's some valleys, some victories that I'm listen. I'm going to cover you, David. I got you, David. I'm going to take care of you, David. I'm what I listen. I am your portion. Glory to God right now in the name of Jesus. Do you hear God saying, I am your portion. I'm your good portion. I'm everything you need. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. I didn't mean to go that far, but I can't help it. God says, I am your portion. I am your everything that you need. I am your exceeding and great reward. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. David, I know you want to do it, but you can't do it, God. You can't do it, David. There are some things that you needed a level of holiness in order to be able to do. David, you're disqualified, but I'm still going to bless you because even though you couldn't do it, you had it in your heart to do it. So I'm going to bless you on that strength. But this victory, but this valley, this mountain, I'm going to give to your children and the children's children. Glory to God right now. Glory. Glory to God. 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 I might not make it to see my children walk through that valley, but I got a word that says that I'm with you. I'll never forsake you. And if God is with me, he'll be with my children. He'll be with your children. But this promise is not just to you, but to your children and your children's children. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody needs to read Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and keep reading, reading. Glory to God. 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 There's nobody like God. There's nobody like that. David, you can't do it. But that's all right. Because the dream's going to live on in your son. They're going to do what you could not do. But I want to tell every parent that's listening to this, every uncle, every aunt, every grandma, every grandpa, I'm telling you right now that if you pour into those children what Jesus poured into you, give them what God gave you. And I'm telling you that the victories that you didn't get over on, that you didn't secure on your own, the next generation will. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Give them Jesus, family. It ain't all that other stuff. You got to pull the plug on some stuff. 
You got to take all that other stuff. You got to get that junk out the way. You got to get all that stuff that's distracting, that's getting their mind, that's corrupting them. You got to throw all that trash out and you got to crack open the Bible. And in the name of Jesus, you got to speak the word with authority. And after the word is spoken, make sure you don't short circuit the word by living foul and incorrupt. But you got to get up and use the word and start walking it. Glory to God before your children. Glory to God. Glory to God. But Brother Walker, I lost time. My kids is grown and they don't, and they're they not listening to me. But haven't you heard that the God that we serve brings back the prodigals that God can get a hold of the children that have gone wayward? We got it on record. 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 We got it on record that God can get the child that's gone astray and bring them back. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I feel good this morning. The word of God is good. Good to our souls. Good to our souls. <laughs> David wanted to build that temple. Oh, yes, he did. You, oh, yes, he did. Now, I hear the songwriter saying, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? See, sometimes when you start thinking about what God has done, you can't help it. You just want to give God everything. You want to give God your very best. You just do. You find to find ways to glorify God, ways to be effective, ways to share the word. You don't want to just be on the sideline, but you want to be in it. That just happens when just this is part of just glorifying God. And when you see his goodness and responding to it, God, I want to thank you. God, I want to praise you because I acknowledge what you've done for me. It just puts a good stirring in your soul. And you want to do stuff for God. But sometimes the decisions that you make disqualify you from doing certain things. But it doesn't mean that good thing that came to mind that you have the desire to do. It does not mean that that thing was a bad idea. No, it's a good idea. But it's one that you and I must tra train our children to do better than what we did. So that one day, if God does not give me permission to take up that dream and bring it to fruition, that that good and noble thing to be done for the Lord will be done, but it will be carried on or carried forward through my children who have a love and a heart for Jesus. I told you we're taking a different perspective, a different approach with our scripture set here in 2 Chronicles. 
chapter 7, verse 12 through 14. And we just talking about second chances and fresh starts. Because this very scripture set, this very scripture set that we are exploring today or tonight or this afternoon, depending on <clears throat> where you are in the world, where you, when you hear this, amen. This very scripture set that we are exploring right now. is the result of second chances and fresh starts. And we're going to get into all of that. Trust me, we'll definitely get there for those things. The phrase, a fresh start, is defined as meaning a complete change in your way of life or the way that you do things, especially after you have previously been unsuccessful. A fresh start <clears throat> is defined, let's say that again, as meaning a complete change in your way of life or your way of doing things, especially after you have previously been unsuccessful. If we were to define the phrase, a second chance, it would shake out to mean or be defined as meaning an opportunity to try something again after failing one time or it could be multiple times. <clears throat> A second chance technically, is defined as meaning an opportunity to try something after or something again after failing one time. Now, that's the technical definition, okay? Because after one is two. It's not a first chance. It's a second chance. And the technical is not the third chance. It's the second chance. So technically, <clears throat> the phrase a second chance is defined as meaning an opportunity to try something again after failing one time. It's just that with God, it goes on and beyond just one chance. Amen. Amen. But at the end of the day, that's what it means. Those terms, fresh starts, second chances. And it's good to know that when we start talking about the concepts of second chances and fresh starts, the very first thing for us to keep in mind, 
And we're just setting the stage. We will pick this up next week. The very, the very first thing to keep in mind when we talk about these fresh starts and second chances is that first and foremost, God desires to give second chances. I'm going to say that again. The first thing that you need to keep in mind when we start talking about second chances and fresh starts, God desires to give fresh starts. God desires to give second chances. See, it's not just that God gives second chances and that he gives fresh starts, but literally it goes beyond that. God literally desires to give those things. And that's important because there are plenty of people, if you think about it, that will do things begrudgingly. So they'll do it if they're forced to. And you can always tell when someone does something for you because they feel like they have to versus doing it because they want to, there is a whole different kind of spirit and feeling that comes across when that, depending on that scenario. When someone is doing something or they do something for you, <clears throat> but you, but they, but you can tell that they really don't want to do it at all. Man, that comes with a certain feeling. There is a certain feeling that comes across. You start to kind of feel like I'm a burden. You start to feel like I'm a bother. You start to kind of, you just, you know, you really start to feel in a way where you'd be like, you know what, man? Okay, you know what? You, you, you don't want to do it. Don't do it. Don't just, just, we'll stop here. We'll stick a pin in it here. We'll let this ride right where it is. There is a difference when someone does something for you because they feel they have to do it and don't really want to do it versus when someone does it for you because they want to do it. Those are two different things. When someone does something for you and that's paired or matched up with a desire to do something for you that clearly comes across, that clearly is communicated, Oh my goodness. Oh my word. You might feel a twinge of maybe guilt or bad because somebody has to kind of help you. Sometimes that can happen. But you also should have gratefulness that comes flooding in because someone would take the time to do something for you that you know they don't have to do but they are seriously enthusiastic and joy, joyful about doing it for you. It, it mean, it's two different things. And they both leave you feeling two different kinds of way. How do you make people feel when you are in the position to bless them and to help? Do you go out of your way to make them feel like they're a burden, like it's it should be their honor to have you do anything for them? Do you go out of your way to demean people and make them feel worthless or inadequate? because they can't provide 
something for themselves and you are, do, do you lord it over them? What posture do you take? When God has blessed you and now you have an opportunity to bless someone else. Do you make it all about you? Do you go out of your way to pump yourself up at the expense of that person who may already be feeling sad that they even in a position that they need? Or do you operate with just a little bit of grace and understanding? Compassion, sympathy, and empathy. Putting yourself in their shoes or remembering when you wore those shoes. And do you go out of the, your way to make them feel as welcome to what you're able to do? That is your honor. to be able to serve. After all, the Lord told us, we must be servants of one another. The first, <laughs> he gotta be last. The one to be served, that one, <laughs> He must first be the servant of all. The served must learn to relish the experience of the servant. Don't tear people down. Don't demean people. When folks clearly need a second chance and a fresh start and you are positioned to help them in that journey, it is not about you. You have received much grace. Do not forget it. If God had not been merciful to you, you would not have what you have. And when God puts you in a position to bless others, you treat that with dignity and respect. And you remember at all times that you were also a recipient. Don't make people feel bad and worthless. Don't dehumanize people. Don't become indifferent to the plight of people. Remember where you come from. And my goodness, if you can't remember where you come from, then imagine what it would be like if that were your story. How would you want to be treated? How would you want to be dealt with? 
train yourself after the most high. Who tells us it is his good pleasure. To give us the kingdom. God bless you, brothers and sisters. We're going to pick up uh, part two of this second chances and fresh starts. We're going to get further into this on next week. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And until we meet again, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Amen. Wow.